0: as Marilyn Krellin. I'm Marilyn Krellin, and I'd like to welcome you to this program, Chackle air. is a program in which we have a chance to explore something of the island's rich culture and heritage. Unlike some places where agriculture is an intensive indoor activity, Most of the island's farming is free-range, with animals grazing in the fields and on the hills. When people are enjoying a walk in the countryside, which has been developed as an environment for the farm stock, they can also enjoy spotting some of the island's wildlife. However, for many people, their main interaction with animals is with the pets they keep. It's estimated that half the population has a pet. The Manx SPCA investigates and assesses animal welfare issues involving domestic, wild and farm animals. With animals that have been lost, abandoned or in need of rehoming, and those that have been injured or are the subject of welfare issues, the Manx SPCA takes in about 1,600 animals each year. The Manx SPCA isn't funded by the government, it's a charity and relies purely on donations. To help with raising awareness of animal issues, but also to raise much-needed funds, special events are organised. Liam Rice of the Manx SPCA has been coordinating an event, Dress Up as an Animal Day, on Friday the 18th of February. The Manx SPCA is currently looking to recruit an animal welfare officer, and in addition to that post, the Manx SPCA is always grateful for volunteers to help with maintenance at her jerkle and with their shops in Ramsey and Douglas. This is Liam Rice of the Manx SPCA. <laughs>
1: Dress Up as an Animal Day is an aid of the Manxus P.C.A. Um, it's an annual event we've been holding now for the past four or five years. Um, it has grown uh, over the last couple of years as well. Um, whereas we encourage schools and workplaces and uh, play groups to basically come to work or go to school. Dress Up as an Animal. Uh, you basically donate one pound, and all the money raised on the day is uh, then going to
2: the Manchester P.C.A. Uh, for the animals that we here that we look after. Mm. But it obviously involves yourself in quite a lot of coordination going around the schools and getting people involved. Yes, yeah, so um, I'm joined this year by um, my colleague Krisha, um who will be actually
1: taking over uh, the, the fundraising role after I leave. Um, we have, I think we have around 10 schools altogether that are due to have assemblies. So this this week, uh, leading up to Dressable Animal Day, we were quite busy uh, visiting schools to basically educating children what it is that we do here and um, what kind of animals we look after, just to basically introduce the um, the welfare to children, uh, you know, regarding animal, animal welfare and what to
2: expect and, you know, and uh, how to help. And are there some surprising animals that are favourites among children when you go around the schools? Um, everyone, well, all the children
1: are obviously very interested in the seals. Anything unusual that they may not see daily, so such as seals or wallabies for example, they usually get a big reaction out of them. Um, we also bring um, a little video as well to showcase the animals that we have helped over the years. And it's usually like swans, anything big or anything they haven't seen
2: before, they get very excited about. Mm-hmm. Now this is a way of building empathy I suppose getting children to empathize with animals but also of course it's very important in terms of fundraising for the Max SPCA. How does it fit into your annual program? It fits in, it does work quite well because schools do have
1: some kind of uh, curriculum where they do discuss animals. Um, Usually schools are they run their own different programmes at different times, so it is quite difficult to liaise with schools and get them all joined up at the same time. However, once you kind of uh, engaged with them, um, they do work really, really well, and obviously animals is... I wouldn't say it's an easy sell, but that children are so engaged with animals, so it's It's very nice to that when you are doing these assemblies and educating, you can see that they truly are engaged, which is really nice and makes my job easier mm-hmm. when um, well, essentially ask, asking for, for for money and they can understand why so that is quite reassuring um, to know that
2: they are really very generally truly interested in what, what we do here. And as it's island wide do you find a difference between the reaction in the country schools and in the town schools? Truthfully there isn't really much of a difference so
1: personally I grew up in Kirk Michael um, so I always have a, a hold a special heart there for, for, for myself and that you could argue that is out of the way um, compared to you know other schools that are you know locally in in town but I think generally children do tend to be more empathetic towards animals at least that I can see from going to different schools and the majority of them are I wouldn't say that there isn't really a a varied difference Um, they truly are at least from what I can see um, again they're just very interested and uh, it is cute and fluffy but it's um, it gets them you know thinking about what else happens behind, you know, like, what we, actually, what we do here, so that's quite nice. Manxis mm. PCA, just like uh, quite a lot of other local charities, um, we're not government funded, so we, we do rely solely on donations and legacies, and um, we have strong years and weaker years, and we can't solely just depend on them, which we do, so we have to actively, just like other charities, go out there and raise these extra funds. And it's not all about the money, it is more about PR as well and just getting our name out there and getting children just generally interested in what we do, Um, but it is definitely important and obviously the more schools that are taking part in part, then obviously the more money is raised and which can go back into
2: helping us to help them, which is what it's all about. The Manx SPCA also relies a lot on volunteer help. What sort of volunteer jobs or positions can people take part in? We do have some regular volunteers here at the Manx SPCA already, but we are always
1: welcome to, you know, for new ones. We always say that it is for the person in question, the members of public, to essentially give as much time as they can. So we don't um, question if they're not here on a particular day. That's why we have staff, uh, you know, so we are there day-to-day, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. to get the jobs done. Uh, people can re- um, basically register their interest. If you go online and take a look on our website, we do have a volunteer form. That's Uh, uh We have loads of different sections. So we have cattery, kennels, small animals. Um, we have gardening. We have all kinds of different uh, site maintenance. We've got fundraising things. So personally, myself, I always look for people that would be interested in helping out on stalls or running or helping... Help me run a car boot sale um, so we're always looking for all kinds of different volunteers and whatever experience people would like to give or depending on how much time they have um, we always try and kind of coordinate them the best we can and uh, we're
2: also very thankful as well because it all, it all helps. There's also a small team who are at the centre of things and at the moment you're advertising for an officer, so perhaps you could explain the background, who you're looking for, what they're going to be doing and, and how they fit into the team. Yes, so currently we are actively recruiting
1: um, for a, a animal care officer role. Um, it's solely based mainly at the moment for kennels, um, so it would be 40 hours a week. Um, Monday is to Sunday, so it would be on a rotor. so weekend work would be part of that as well. Um, General duties would generally be cleaning, um, not to to make it sound boring, it's not, it's basically cleaning, taking the dogs out for walks, giving them education, assisting with any vet assistance. An interest in in animals is obviously crucial and, you know, an an interest in what we do is obviously very important. Um, A full driving licence, again, would be ideal but not crucial. Um, and obviously if you do have a qualification in Animal Behaviour then that's also a massive bonus as well. So we haven't, um, we've got a few, basically a few interviews that are due to come up um, but obviously the role is still available to apply for so that again if you head over to our website which is again www.manxistpca.com and if you go to our new section it is um, a little add-on at the side that says recruitment so if you fill an application then the, you know, the team will be more than happy to, to take you through the general processes and hopefully, fingers crossed, um, it could be you.
2: Now, How does the officers of the Bank's SPCA then fit in when it comes to welfare issues, for example, with, with animals? Going
1: back to what I said previously, it is generally more desirable if you can drive. Um, we are a very small team here. The majority of us can drive, so we don't have an actual welfare officer. We all are. We basically as and when if something happens if something is needed or if an animal is in distress or someone needs to go out it's whoever's available at that time uh, grab the keys jump in the van and go um, so my role is a PR and fundraiser but I've been out many times for chasing swans and uh, so the role itself is so varied um, so one day you could be spending the entire day with a dog uh, you know going through the day-to-day protocols and Daily routines, but then the day after, you could spend an afternoon in a field chasing down a, a wallaby, for example. So it's so varied, but that's what makes the job so exciting because you, every single day is just so different. Uh, so that's why it's been a pleasure to work here. And I think whoever is, you know, whoever just joined the team will be very, very, very
2: lucky. Liam Rice, goodbye, Mora. Thank you very much.
0: Liam Rice of the Manx SPCA Un schacht in tashin nach da er renen geist Jack rish er renen as <laughs> an en a er renen chann rish mannen vai er renen tra da shunach der er vai an hal yak yoel every norde velschen ji hin er bei en unser mark george chaclair <laughs> er renen tra to gimme When Carol Walker recorded gis cummer, cust of lean as an enemy, tan bark a boo a soul. Onstal your and screwy jong and furly John Clegg to a raining as an enman or his spirl. Poor old horse, the crocodile, as the crabfish fish, and the rain kill Kenny. Gus Dolish, gay. Ren the muck and chaglum as Renad had scrither. Ak her ren you and van you balked, Ach der starvit at Kinloy beg. Tashen son sheshik van and son vay vidowalis der bayin. Crate a Kinloy beg ginu, no nachvel ginu, na the a a To karen as a ren an eleron, Ta gim re ushagan, Ms. Samplair, a ren a huig, a ren a Kia Katrina Maru, as son Shelgan Drain. The first day of the month of February is the feast day of Brescia, Saint Bride, to whom the ancient northern parish of Kirk Bride is dedicated, and as Saint Bridget, the nunnery chapel is dedicated to her. Tannenum Brescia, Chantelier Richkildeon Teren, Red to kale jay, as red ta' loven bain frail isle. ta' to furjain a and Machan brisha grey to denki dus manan the hoil and rage, and edach king, for cowra j de hit de a creast na calliach as the cashricher ebe dan creag an oir de and cavil egatai tai and doer de to Shenkin Dak Rishin's Skeel, de Duggyin and Duer Ebon, Trevi und Smannen. Kirkbride is one of the ancient parishes of the island, and the present parish church was built in eighteen seventy six. But just down the hill and round the corner is Bride Methodist Church, and the current building was built in eighteen seventy seven. Dilys Sowery is well-known as a singer and musician and has maintained a family connection there, something she's researched into and has developed into a unique presentation.
2: You have your script and you've got your cast and your musicians all ready now and you're all set to go with the premiere performance. (laughs) But going right back to the start of it then, what was the germ of the idea that got you going on it?
3: Um, Well, my mum has always told me anecdotes of her past um, when she was young, and she was always very proud of the fact that her grandfather had originally come to the Point of Air Lighthouse as a lighthouse keeper, and then that her mother had been a teacher, and she was in Stranraer in Scotland, and her father, grandfather Petrie, who was the lighthouse keeper... Uh, wanted her to come over to the Isle of Man and join the rest of the family. So she came over and then um, my mum's dad, my granddad, he'd been in um, the Black Watch Regiment in the First World War and Nana and Granddad met at Bride Chapel and they had their wedding party there, which is documented in the Sunday School Ledger in which I still write. And then um, before that, actually, my Nana was a teacher at Bride School So we have a connection with Bride School, Bride Chapel. We still have the connection with Bride Chapel. Um, I I realised through writing myself in the Sunday School Ledger that my nana had been musical director at the Sunday School and then in the middle of the Sunday School Ledger my mum had been and and now I am, really. So, you know, you you just realise all the links you have with the past. And I just thought I wanted to do something about it because after my mum died... I worried that all these old stories and the way of life that they'd had would just be forgotten about unless people write them down. So some people write books, and I just thought because of the musical tradition within my family that I would try and write something musical.
2: Mm. What's the music that you've used then to take the story forward?
3: Uh, Well, I've written it all, most of it myself, and um, I've based it on uh, just folk tunes that just came into my head um, there are three or four Manx tunes in it as well. So there's the Melia, there's Ramsey Town. Paul Costain is singing um, a well-known Manx song that my dad used to sing. So he's kind of pretending to be my dad at that point, because we all pretend to be different characters. Um, because that's what has always happened around the, around the kitchen table on the farm, around any sort of social gathering that our family have had we've we've told anecdotes and we've pretended to be those characters and it, it still goes on my son is very good at doing that so watch yourself if you're ever in the ginger hall
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: my mum and family always used to talk about uh, tom henny thomas henry call at the postman and he was um postman for over 50 years in bride and he used to stride out along the lanes and that always captured my imagination And I thought of a song about him, first of all, with that rhythm of his walk, really, um, informing the beat of the the tune. And then I, I thought of some words, so that was my first song. And then um, one day I was driving to work over the mountain road and I suddenly had the idea for the song of them all coming across the sea, like a kind of a sea shanty. And it's got some Scottish influence and it's also got Manx influence. So that song came to me and um, I just sang it. I stopped at the side of the road and sang it into my phone so that I would have it on the phone. And quite often I go out to the Point of Air lighthouse and take photographs Um, And I'm always inspired out there. And a lot of the tunes have come to me whilst I've been out there. And I've just sung them into my phone whilst I've been there. From Scotland to the point
4: of air in 1921 The Hesper sailed across the sea under a sun that shone Lighthouse keeper Petrie came to take his final post
3: T'would be the one that he would love the most Um, But yeah, I wanted to think about um, and and give a tribute really to my mum because she had to leave school when she was 14 along with many other um, children who were quite capable but just because they failed their 11 plus they were unable to go on to secondary education So either they... um, had to become labourers on the farm, or perhaps their parents could have paid for them to go on to further education, but Mum actually had to become a labourer on the farm. But then she was so proud because she said, well, the farmers, the local farmers, always said I was as good as two men, so that's in a song.
4: Now as a young woman out working the land Keep the rain steady and slow I followed the horses and gave my commands. Can't complain, keep your head low. The neighbouring farmers were full of praise then.
2: Keep the rain steady
4: and slow. Told me that I did the job of two men. Can't complain, keep your head low.
3: And then there was another character called Muriel Jockin, who used to be the choir mistress at Bridechapel, and I remember her very well. And she features on a beautiful um, photograph by Chris Killip, actually, her and her husband, Fred, they used to farm at Cronk ben. And she used to say about my mum that she'd never seen anyone spreading the butter on the bread so well as my mother. So that features in a song as well. And it does actually remind me of the old Fulton Builders tracks that they used to do. So uh, I think I've got a bit of inspiration from them for that song. And that's based above the tune. It's like a counter melody to the tune of the Melia. And uh, Paul Rogers has been with me on this journey because he's helped me. With his fiddle playing, and we've um, developed the tunes between us quite often. And then also, my friend Martin Wharton from Hull, he recorded tunes for me during lockdown and sent them over to JIP again at Balagru recording studios. And then, more recently, um, I thought I felt that I should write a song about bride school. So, um, originally, I was thinking, Oh, what can I do here? And it had all sorts of little elements. in in it and I didn't quite know how to put them together so I tried and I I wrote some little bits down and then Gareth Moore was really good in helping me to put that into a, a piece of properly transcribed music that he could play on the piano.
2: And it must be very gratifying as you announced it for one night and then it's been just so wildly successful that you've had Wild. to go to, an, to, to, to a, a second night.
3: Yeah, I think actually they're quite surprised at the Centenary Centre because um, Dave McLean, has also been really helpful, he said, uh, well, the trouble is at the minute people don't really want to go out because of Covid but also we're nearing the end of that now, I hope. Mm. At the Centenary Centre... Um, Normally, there are 200 seats, but they've taken 50 seats out so that there's a little bit more space. So I wouldn't be worried about going there. And obviously, people aren't, because it's almost all sold out now. I think we've only got about 15 tickets left for the um, Saturday night.
2: Yeah. So are you looking to take it further in the future?
3: Um, I'd love to. Um, well, the musicians and I were sort of talking the other night about wouldn't it be great if we could take it to... Um, England and, you know, spread the word of Manx life, rural Manx life in the early part of the 1900s, further afield, uh, maybe encourage people to come over to the island to see where it all happened. Um, We could go to folk, um, you know, festivals across. I I always liked the idea of Lorient Been there before and I Mm -hmm. could see it happening there. And my son and I are going to do um, a radio play of it so right. so that would be good because we've got all the music recorded and Culture Vannin have been really amazing because they've sponsored me and they've given me a substantial grant so that's very helpful. Mm.
2: So we look forward to all these things coming about in the future but in the meantime yeah. the premiere is going to be at the Centenary Centre on Friday the 25th. Yeah, that's
3: yep. it. Yes, I'm
2: looking forward to it. Um, a
3: lot of my friends are going so I think I'll feel happy and, you know, they'll... They'll be just cheering me on, so that will be good. And we're all friends in the cast. Um, I didn't realise that. And when <laughs> we all got together, everyone was say, oh, hi, hi, hi. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every, it's a friendly environment, and I just hope that it all goes well, and I, I think it will. I'm and I'm sure very grateful to all the people involved for helping me. Oh, I, I'll just mention my sister, actually, because she is doing a lovely photo display, and she's the historian in the family, really. So if anybody has any questions and they would like to ask perhaps where my lighthouse keeper great-grandfather also was a lighthouse keeper in Scotland, the various islands and little um, coastal areas, then my sister knows all about that. So you can ask her, not me. Go to my border. Thank you very much.
0: dillis Sowery, who's researched and written the musical airs and braces to be presented at the centenary center in peel on friday the 25th and saturday the 26th of february we'll hear more about that in shark next time Agnish Tashin Chitus Cheron Hermag Shaw J Shackleair. That's all from Shackleair this time. So from me as Mich vol Maul and Krellin sledding you